1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance of the USA Wealth Group. It's time to get your finances in order. MoneyWise starts now. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome once again to MoneyWise. And this is actually MoneyWise with the Money Guys. So this is Ray Lance and also good morning to Pete Lance. Good morning, Pete. Good morning, Dad. Good morning, everyone. So welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Imagine a country where the vast majority of seniors live in poverty, a country where for many there are no golden years but a time of struggle and dependence. That was the United States before the creation of Social Security, which has proven to be one of the most effective and important government programs in our history. That's a quotation from a gentleman named John Delaney. And obviously, we're going to be talking today about Social Security. We're not going to be talking about current events or anything of that nature, because we think this is a program that's important enough that we might want to even replay it at some point in the future. So good morning, Pete. Good morning. Did you ever hear of Irma Bombeck? I sure have not. Okay. She was a comedian, and she once said, I was too old for a paper route, too young for Social Security, and too tired for an affair. Very nice. She was a comedian. Sort of a household comedian. Was that in the 50s or? Yes, 50s, 60s, 70s, I suppose, all of that. So today we're going to be talking about Social Security and savvy Social Security planning and why it's important. Because people want to know in general, is Social Security going to continue? Will it be there for me when I get ready to retire? The short answer is yes. How much can I expect to receive from Social Security? When should I apply for Social Security? And most importantly, how can I maximize my benefits? And the last question we're going to talk about today is, will Social Security be enough to live on in retirement? And that's the key, is for most people it's not, uh, or at least not without scaling back a lot of things that you may enjoy um, or maybe even need. Well, it's an important foundation for retirement, but it should not ever be considered to be your only source of money in retirement. One thing that people probably don't realize, though, is that Social Security may be your single largest retirement asset. For and many for some people, people that really is. Yep. For many people, I like to say it's your largest asset, period. And so, that's why it's so important to plan uh, a lot of people, as soon as they're able to at age 62, just say, yep, sign me up for Social Security, um, and not realizing the benefit of delaying that until your full retirement age or even later on. So the decisions that you make about planning for Social Security are going to be with you for the rest of your life. They're critical. And the first question we want to talk about is, will Social Security be there for me? And, and the as, answer is yes. It's just going to be a big increase in taxes over the lifetime of your children and grandchildren, probably. Well, it's a very important part of our federal budget, isn't it? It occupies a very high percentage. 23% of the federal budget in 2019 uh, was all towards Social Security. Mm -hmm. 23%, that's huge. And that's a fixed item. So sometimes we talk about, wouldn't it be nice to cut the federal budget so we can have less taxes to pay and so forth. But there's some things that you just simply cannot cut, like Social Security, Medicare, and some of the very important social programs. Do you ever foresee a time where we will not have a budget deficit again? Well, we actually reached a period, I think it was when Bill Clinton was president, when we didn't add to the deficit. But no, probably not. It's just part of our banking system. It's part of our government system. I suppose if we had maybe double the um, number of people living in our country, double the population that we have now, with a lot more people working and paying taxes, that's That's the possibility. That's the key, is working and paying taxes. And we're not going to really get into discussion today about social policies of things like immigration and so forth, but when you have more immigration, actually you contribute more to the paying down of the deficit because you've got more people paying into this into the various funds and the systems yeah no and i didn't want to get into social policies or politics either i'm just talking in general there's so many people who rely on the government as their 
main source of income, their only source of income, uh, and don't really have any desire to find you know, a, a real job or a career. Hmm. Well, there's something called the Old Age and uh, Survivors uh, Death Insurance Program, the Social Security Program, which covers not only people in retirement, but people who have disabilities. And there's something called a trust fund, which is supposed to be uh, the, the money necessary to fund this. Right now, the trust fund balance, like at the end of 2018, for example, was $2.9 trillion. But the problem is it doesn't really exist in a big account somewhere because what happened, I've forgotten what during which administration, but the governments needed money, so they started borrowing from the trust fund. So part of our federal deficit represents money that the federal budget has borrowed to sustain all of its operations, and it borrowed from the trust fund. So it's really a big IOU program that the government owes to fund this. Uh, At the end of 2019, for example, it didn't go up that much. The trust fund balance was $2.9 trillion, not a lot more, $2.897 to be specific. One other thing just to mention um, is... Medicare and Social Security used to really go sort of hand in hand. When you signed up for Social Security, you signed up for Medicare. Um, But that's not always the case. Some people, when they sign up for Social Security, they sign up at 62. And then three years later, at age 65, you sign up for Medicare. Um, But now, however, it's also 65 used to be the full retirement age. Now it's 67 for many people. It really depends on when you were born, what your full retirement age is. Um, And you can now wait until 67, 68, even all the way up until age 70 before you start collecting Social Security. But at age 65, you should always remember to sign up for Medicare. Yeah, and there are a few exceptions to that. But generally, you don't sign up for Medicare, which is health insurance, until you're 65. If you're still working and you're covered under the employer's health insurance plan, then you don't have to sign up at 65. But today, I don't want to go into the rules of Medicare. We'll save that for somewhere a little bit down the line because those rules are just as complicated as Social Security. So Social Security is complicated, but the first question is, is it going to run out of money? The short answer is yes and no. Right now, uh, in the year 2021, um, it's forecasted that Medic, uh, excuse me, Social Security benefits are going to fall to about 80% of what they are right now uh, in the year 2035. If something isn't done to reform Social Security and put more money into Social Security, but that's not likely ever to happen because the Congress would go out of business. People would vote everybody out of Congress if they voted to defund Social Security. Well, it would be a, a major problem, obviously. We'd, we'd have a collapse of the economy and the country if yes, we, we didn't have anything figured out by then. But probably in, in you know, going with their nature, Congress probably won't figure it out until, you know, the 23rd hour. And they'll figure it out on New Year's Eve of 2034 or something. Right. <laughs> So let's talk about some things that could be done really quickly. We won't spend a lot of time on this because we've got more important things to discuss about how to sign up for Social Security, how to maximize Social Security benefits, how to get more out of Social Security. But And by the way, while you're saying that, uh, we are Social Security experts here in the office, and we can help you, we can guide you, we can give you answers. Um, there's no cost to sit down with us, and we pay for... Uh, a couple of different software programs, but one in particular that we can run all kinds of calculations and show you all kinds of different scenarios, whether you're married, whether you're widowed. Uh, So we can give you a lot of different options. And again, there's no cost for that. One thing that we're trying to get better at is self-promotion because we always seem to forget, you know, to mention the names of the companies here. And I'm just going to run down that really quickly. Okay. Uh, Lance Law, which is, of course, the uh, estate planning Law firm. They also specialize in uh, real estate closings, uh, wills and trusts, nursing home protection, asset protection. You can reach Attorney Tenny Lance or Attorney Mike Coleman at 508 998 8800. And then USA Wealth Group and USA Wealth Advisors. That's, of course, my father and I. Uh, we do retirement planning, social security analysis, of course, retirement income. 
designing and uh, tax planning strategies, uh, as well as portfolio management and investments. And uh, we also have, of course, Lance Family Insurance Agency, and that is uh, home and auto and commercial and basically any type of insurance you can possibly imagine, uh, liability, uh, and they can be reached at 774-992-0789. Okay. Thank you for mentioning that. But I also, while we're doing that, I want to mention that we have something that's really wonderful. It's called The Baby Boomer's Guide to Social Security. It's actually six pages. It's all laminated. And I just want to really briefly talk about the topics that are covered, uh, what you need to know about Social Security, what is it, what are the benefits of it, how do you become eligible for Social Security benefits, how your retirement benefit is calculated, how much you're going to get, when you may begin receiving Social Security, what happens if you apply at age 62, or what if you apply later, what about cost of livings increases, how does that affect Social Security benefits? What about spousal benefits? If you're married and you have a spouse, can your spouse collect a special benefit? What happens if you're divorced? Well, you're going to find out a little bit later in the show that if you were married for at least 10 years, you're going to be able to collect benefits off your divorced spouse, possibly. Or spouses. Yes. You had that story a while ago about marrying up. Oh, I had uh, (laughs) one woman who came into the office once and... um, the person she was married to uh, for at least 10 years, she got divorced, and she wanted to know how she could collect benefits from as being a divorced spouse. And in the course of the conversation, I found out that the husband that she was divorced from had been married two times previously, and each of those marriages were at least 10 years. And I started laughing. I said, all three of the divorced women can collect Social Security benefits off this one individual man. And he could possibly not have any knowledge about any of it. No, and they wouldn't, they wouldn't know about the others either. So it's, um, I guess be careful what you wish for, but if you want to get married again, uh, look for somebody who's got a higher Social Security benefit than yours, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what about widowhood? What about if you work after starting to collect Social Security benefits? What if you have a pension? How does your pension impact Social Security? And there is uh, an offset. For the most part, it's almost always certain that you will have a slight offset on your Social Security benefits if you do have a pension, regardless of what pension that is. Yep. It's Lots called of interesting rules. either a government offset provision or a windfall elimination provision. So basically, this uh, little folder that I've talked about, six pages, also talks about how benefits are taxed. How do you begin the process to apply for Social Security? And what about Medicare? So we're not going to get into detail about the Medicare uh, provisions today, but if you pay into the Medicare program, which most people do, um, and then you collect Social Security, the payment for Medicare comes out of your Social Security check. So get all we're going to say about that subject today. but Give our office a call if you'd like to either come by and pick up one of these. We can run it out to the parking lot, or if you want us to mail one, it's, again, six pages, uh, really nice heavy card stock and laminated and has a wealth of information. Um, but, uh, you know, I've helped many clients run different scenarios with our software, and you're able to, just sitting at home on your computer, find out a lot of information as well on the Social Security website, which is, you know, a government website, but a lot of people find that to be tricky and, and complicated and confusing. Uh, so I've sat side by side um, with clients and uh, people who just want to come in and, and help uh, have me help them with their Social Security. But um, they have questions and I help to answer those. Uh, you can also go down to the local Social Security office. Uh, there's one in New Bedford. Um, but... I've helped many people find the answers right here in our office, uh, as well as, in many cases, sign clients up for their Social Security benefits Mm -hmm. uh, right next to me. But in in doing that, Pete, you really need to know different strategies. What's the optimal age to collect Social Security? Once you make the decision and and, uh, start collecting Social Security, there is a provision that within one year you can change your mind and... Um, stop collecting Social Security. But other than that, 
this decision could be with you the rest of your life, and if you make the wrong decision about when to start Social Security, then you may be cutting yourself short of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars over your life expectancy. And that's one of the things that I go over with with, uh, people when they come in to talk about that is I discuss, uh, you know, a lot of things. You know, how's your budget now? What are your needs now? Do you have specific income needs right now? If so, you may not have any other choice but to take Social Security, but we can also get creative and look at other ways, uh, depending on what your assets are, what your um, home and, and whether you have a mortgage or not. Uh, so we look at all kinds of different creative ways. I also do a calculation called a break-even analysis for those who are interested. And simply what that means is if you start collecting at age 62 and you live until age 90, you know what total benefits you'll receive uh, versus if you start collecting at age 70 and live until 90, what total uh, benefits would you receive? And where's the, where's the break-even point? So mm-hmm. when it makes sense to take it uh, is, is more easily figured out. Uh, and with part of that is discussion I have with you is, you know, it's you know it's not always uh, a easy thing to discuss. Is what's your longevity look like? You know, is there a history of you know maybe some serious medical problems in your family? Maybe you do want to start taking it earlier. However, if your family has lived until well into their 90s, then you have a lot more longevity on your side, and you probably will want to wait until age 70. Um, if your finances allow it. I want to finish up on our first question. Believe it or not, we're still on the first question. (laughs) The first question is, um, is Social Security going to be there for me? And we know that it's scheduled to um, run out of money or have less money necessary to fund it as early as the year 2035, which isn't that far away. So periodically there are things that Congress does to tinker with the Social Security program to try to restore solvency to the system. One of them is to increase the maximum earnings subject to Social Security tax. For example, in 2020, if you made up to $137,700, you were still contributing to the Social Security system and having money taken out of your wages. In the year 2021, that number jumps up to $142,800. But what that also means is that there's a lot of high-earning people who make more money than that, and they only pay Social Security on the amount up to that $142,800 figure. But anything they make over that that number, they're not contributing into the Social Security system. That doesn't seem logical to me. If somebody's making $500,000 a year, why shouldn't they put all of those wages into the Social Security system and pay Social Security tax. And that would help restore solvency. Just how the rich get richer. Well, the other really important thing, and and that's true, the other really important thing is um, Congress could decide to raise the normal age for full retirement. So in the past, it's been age 66. If you were born between 1943 and 1954, your normal full retirement age, which is an important concept, was 66. But then if you're born in um, years after that, after 1954, then it became 66 in two months or 66 in six months. When you reach the age of, um, or if you were born after the uh, year 1960, then your full retirement age is 67. So by gradually increasing the normal age for retirement, it also means that the Social Security system has to pay out um, a little bit less money, and therefore the system can last longer. And that certainly will increase at some point. Maybe it's 67 and a half. Maybe it'll be just a full jump up to age 68. But that will certainly happen. Um, And the reason for that is twofold. Well, first of all, they want to try to keep people from collecting as much as possible because uh, they're trying to grow that trust fund. Right now, the trust fund is just under $3 trillion, by the way, but that is projected to run out by 2035, of course, as we mentioned. Right. Um, but also, and I think it's fairly uh, obvious for most people, is people have a longer life expectancy than they did 10 years ago, than they did 20 years ago. Sure. Uh, due to, you know, changes and, and, uh, and uh, you know, uh, inventions and everything else with Health. medical science and and uh, things that can be done to extend people's lives. 
So on page eight of my notes, uh, Pete, if you're following along with me, how much money can you expect to receive from Social Security? It's going to depend on two things. How much money did you earn over your working career? And when will you apply for benefits? And another thing to consider, and I'm sure that we'll get to that if we can, hopefully we have enough time, is there's a lot of people who retire and then they collect Social Security and then they, you know, get bored or maybe they just want a little extra money and they want to go back to work, you know, even if it's just part-time. How will that affect uh, your Social Security benefits? So we'll get into that as well. So let me say a quick word about how Social Security benefits are calculated. It's a formula. It's a little bit too complicated to go in over the uh, air today. But at age 62, the Social Security Administration uh, looks at all of your earnings that you've made over the years. You know, one of the popular misconceptions that people have, they think, well, if I make a lot of money in my last three or four years, I'm going to collect a lot more in Social Security. Yeah, that's not the case. That's not the case. It's your highest earning years over 35 years. Right. So they look at 35 years worth of earnings. If you only worked 30 years, then they're going to take the 30 years. If you only worked 10 years, they're going to take the 10 years. And um, then there's a really complicated formula after that, but it's an, an average of your highest 35 years worth of earnings. And when you get your Social Security statement, if you still do, uh, some people still get them, um, but some people do not. And I'm not really sure how they determine who gets what. At one point, you may have signed up for a paperless, and so therefore you'd have to go online to see what your uh, amount is. But uh, the basic general calculation is called your primary insurance amount or your PIA. That is not your full retirement age benefit, which is you know what you should hope to wait until um, your full retirement age or later. There was a short period of time when Social Security decided to go entirely paperless, and for about a year, year and a half, they stopped sending paper statements out. But then they realized that too many of the older people didn't have computers and weren't able to look at it online, so they resumed doing paper statements again. Yeah, I, I have some clients, I think that they still um, get confused as to whether they have received theirs or not. They misplace it. So we're happy to help with that again if you want to come into the office. Yeah, and let's give out the um, website address for Social Security because you can get a lot of information on that too. And that's socialsecurity.gov. Real simple. And you can go into socialsecurity.gov. You can set up your own uh, very secure, password-protected access information to get into your account. You can see what your earnings have been. And there are there are calculators on the the uh, government Social Security website as well, um, and what I do is I do both that as well as our own in-house software, and I I look at your Social Security statement and uh, a couple of pages in you'll actually see uh, every single year that you worked. Um, and the numbers are on that page that I enter one by one by one by one for all the years that you've worked and then uh, calculate the benefit. And let me tell you why that's important too, Pete, because we've had people, including a secretary who worked in our office, when she looked at her statement of earnings, which is on the website and so forth, or you can get it in printout, she realized they didn't have it done accurately. That's so an important point. If you look at your list of all your wages and you say, wait a minute, I earned more money in that year than this, you can go and present that information to Social Security and have them correct your your earnings statement. And it's not very common that that happens, but it's been more than just this one instance where we've had somebody uh, say, hey, that's not correct, and get it fixed. And that's huge. I mean, if, if you have one year where you earned a lot more, I mean, that just calculates into the average and it increases your benefit. So it's real important that you take a look and take responsibility for examining your own statement of earnings. If it's not correct, you can get it corrected. I also had a gentleman who had uh, spent four years in, I think it was the Air Force, if I remember, and they didn't have any of his earnings from the military at all on his record, and he had paid into Social Security during that time. So um, as it turned out, he didn't have enough quarters. He didn't have 10 years' worth of earnings. You have to have a minimum of 40 quarters. And he didn't have 10 years' worth of earnings, but if he added back in the four years that he spent in the uh, Air Force, he would. So I said, do that, and you're not going to have a huge amount because he didn't have a high earnings history, but he was able to collect Social Security, which he would not have been if he hadn't corrected his earnings statement. So 
One, what did you earn? And two, when did you when do you apply? Which is the next major thing. And um, I'm sure most of you listening, if you are uh, thinking about collecting, you already know what your full retirement age is. But this is how uh, much it's changed. Uh, if you were born in 1954 or before, your full retirement age was 66. And then there's a five-year period where basically if you were born in 1955, it's 66 and two months. Next year, it's 66 and four months and so on. Uh, and then 1960 or later, your full retirement age is now 67. And as we said, we expect that will increase. So when should you apply for Social Security, Pete? You know, you can apply as early as 62. Do you know what the most popular age is in this country for people to apply for Social Security? 62. 62. More than half of all people that apply for Social Security do so at 62. And that can be a major, major mistake. Again, depending on what other assets you have, we can get really creative and help you and let that uh, benefit increase, which will be much more valuable to you in the long run. But, you know, it's the it's the mentality, I think, of a lot of Americans is they're thinking, I can get money right now. I'm Sign me up. It. I'm entitled to it. <laughs> Pay me my Social Security. So here's, here's a couple of quick examples. Um, remember I said that the age for full retirement age, FRA, a uh, very important concept when we look at anybody's uh, record. It used to be 66. If you're born after 1960, it's now 67. So what if you apply for Social Security at age 62, but your full retirement age is 70? You're only going to get 70% of the amount that you would have received if you had waited until full retirement age of 67. That's a five-year difference. So by not waiting that five years and collecting at age 62, what it means is 30%, you're going to get 30% less Social Security, and that's going to be for the rest of your life. You're going to get less money. And yet if you wait, every year that you wait, you will earn 8% annual delayed credit. So think about that, 8%. Uh, that's a big number, you know, and that's why we say we can help you delay and, and earn that extra 8% per year of benefits. It's, that's a big number. Yeah. If you wait, um, if you started at, at age um, 67, let's say that that's your full retirement age, and you apply at age um, 67, you're going to get 100% of your normal full retirement age amount. But if you wait until age 70, um, just another, I guess it would be four years, you're going to get 8% more per year you're going to get 124% higher. You're going to get 24% more. Three years. Three years only, and you get 24% more. So the age at which you apply is critically important. And as Peter said earlier, if you don't have longevity in your family, if you have health issues, maybe you want to start earlier, and you don't want to wait until later because you don't think you're going to live a long time. So that's one of the questions. We'll be very blunt and ask you that question. And there's an earnings threshold, of course. Uh, it, this is what I uh, spoke about earlier, that if you are under your full retirement age, but you have signed up for Social Security and you're receiving benefits, but you want to work, uh, if you earn $18,240 or more, or I suppose I should say over $18,240, uh, if, if for every $1 in benefits, you will have, um, excuse me, you'll, $1 in benefits will be reduced um, by, uh, by your uh, benefits for every $2 over that uh, $18,240 that you earn. So there are a number of ways you can estimate what your Social Security benefit is going to be. You can go into socialsecurity.gov and click on Estimate Your Retirement Benefits. You can sit down with us, make an appointment, give Peter a call, 508-998-8858. Make an appointment, bring in your most recent Social Security statements, or we'll look it up on the computer with you, and we'll help you calculate. And we'll show you, here's what happens if you collect now, here's what happens if you wait a little bit longer. And so, there are more complex calculators available to you on the Social Security website, but those can get a little bit tricky if you're not, um, you know, if you're not really up on Social Security benefits, so we can help you with those as well. And... Um, so a, a quick summary about when should you apply for Social Security depends on your health, your life expectancy. Do you really need the income right now? And most importantly, do you plan to continue to work? But also, uh, if you're married, um, you know, do you want to 
possibly leave your spouse a higher benefit as well should you pass first? That's a really good point. So if you start collecting at age 62 and then you die and your spouse wants to collect your Social Security, your spouse is going to collect a smaller amount of Social Security because you started at age 62. So you really need to think very, very carefully about... And the bottom line, in order to max... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry. Bottom line is, in order to maximize your benefits, uh, the the number one thing that you can do is, of course, improve your earnings record. Um, That's only possible if you're still working or... As we mentioned a few minutes ago, if you carefully go over your earnings record with a fine-tooth comb and make sure that it's accurate. Uh, And then number two is delay the start of benefits, as we've already discussed. Uh, Number three is take advantage of your spousal and survivor benefits. Uh, Number four is minimize taxes on the benefits, and we'll get into that in a minute. And number five is coordinate Social Security with overall retirement income plan, which again is what we discussed already. it's really important to go over your entire plan to find out what's best for you. There's a gentleman named Tom Perez who once said, Americans should be able to enjoy a secure retirement after a lifetime of hard work. But too many Americans reach retirement without enough savings to supplement their Social Security benefits. And that's a very important concept because Social Security is not ever intended to be your primary source of income and retirement, but for many people, it did. So um, how can you improve your earnings record, Pete? What are some of the things you could do? Well, that's sort of what I just um, talked about. I mean, it's basically either work longer, yep. uh, earn more, earn more, work longer, or go over that um, Social Security statement with a very fine-tooth comb, make sure it's yep. accurate. And a critical one, as we've just talked about, is you can delay the start of your benefits. Uh, the difference between uh, full retirement age and age 70, or the difference between age 62 and your full retirement age, I think it's roughly 7% a year increase. It's like having a 7% return on your investment money. And if you go from 70, uh, excuse me, from full retirement age to age 70, then you're going to have an even higher uh, amount you're going to get. We can show you in black and white, we can show you what happens if you start at age 62. If you start at age 66 or 67, or if you wait until age 70, we can show you what the differences are. You can say, but yeah, you know what? I've had this one a lot, Pete. I've had people say, but I'm going to need some money because I'm retired, so I'm going to take that now, and I don't have to touch my IRA account until I reach 72 now. The age has been increased. So I'm going to let my IRA or my retirement account grow until I reach 72, and then I have to start taking money out. So I need money in the meantime, so I'm going to activate my Social Security. That can be a directly wrong approach, and for many people, you should do directly the opposite. It's a very important strategy. You can say, you know what, I need some money. I'm going to take money out of my retirement account, my IRA account right now. Yep, it's income, and I have to pay taxes on it. But guess what? Tax rates are lower now than they're going to be in just a couple of years. And if I take money from my retirement account and I can delay taking my Social Security, that's going to grow and grow and grow. And when I finally start taking Social Security, it's going to be at a much higher amount. So some very important reasons for doing this. And um, you really don't want to do this blindly. And Social Security benefits may be taxable depending on how much you're uh, getting. Uh, if it's under, uh, under $32,000, then none of it is uh, subject to tax. But uh, $32,000 to $44,000 in Social Security benefits, you could be taxed up to 50%. Um, but you'll never have more than 85% of your Social Security uh, be subject to income tax. Right, that's over 44000 That's for a married filing jointly. There's all kinds, I mean, there's a whole chart here that goes into single, head of household, married filing separately and living with the spouse. So there's all kinds of different uh, scenarios. One thing that's important to mention, we talked a, a few minutes ago about, uh, you know, it was basically number five in the list of top fives of why you should delay your benefits. Uh, but it's, you know, spousal benefit. Uh, if you start taking your Social Security benefits at age 62, your spouse will only be able to receive 35% of your benefit. Whereas if you wait until your full retirement age, that's 
Well, um, for a married couple, married couples are often able to take advantage of the spousal benefit, which basically means, let's assume, because it's reality, that both couples, both people in the couple are um, full retirement age, 66 or 67, depending upon when they were born. And let's assume that the husband had made more money than his wife had. Um, he could activate his Social Security, and she could get a benefit of as much as 50% of his Social Security check. This is, gets into a very complicated area where it's hard to explain on the phone, uh, on the radio, but also um, a divorced spouse who's been married for at least 10 years could also do the same thing. Now, it is a requirement that the spouse with the higher amount of money has to have started their Social Security and has to have activated it. And um, so there are some very specific requirements of that. You know, um, Dwight D. Eisenhower once said, should any political party attempt to abolish Social Security, unemployment insurance, and eliminate labor laws and farm programs, you would not hear of that party again in our political history. Hmm. It's the sacred cow of government assistance, uh, Social Security. One thing that uh, was a, a really useful thing to do uh, back years ago that you may still hear about is no longer available, and that's the file and suspend. Uh, that disappeared as of April 2016, so that's no longer an option to you. So make sure that you have your spouse's file for their benefits, their spousal benefits at the uh, appropriate time, and again, we can help you with that. And by the way, if there's a difference in the ages of the spouse, that's going to impact the, impact the formula for when to take Social Security or when to claim spousal benefits. So the spousal benefit itself still does exist. Violence suspend no longer exists. That was eliminated, I think, in 2016. April of 2016. So what if you're divorced? That's a really important one. Um, and I want to mention once again as we start to talk about that, that uh, Peter especially has become quite uh, qualified and expert, I would even use the word, in helping people go through all the numbers and show the best time to collect. We can do a complete analysis for you, a printout analysis. But don't forget if you're divorced and you've been married for at least 10 years, the person receiving the divorced spouse benefit also has to be currently unmarried. So you can't have been married to somebody for 10 years, then get remarried and decide to go f apply for Social Security on the claim of the first spouse. You can't do that, unfortunately. So you've got to pick carefully. You've got to choose carefully when you decide to get married again. And it can get really, really complicated, as I like to say from time to time. Marriage is complicated. Well, that sure is um, for everyone. Um, I, I like to say this from time to time, and it's really true. Every single person that I sit down with, that you sit down with, Dad, has a completely different story to tell, has completely different goals, has completely different assets, oh, sure. has completely different earnings, and uh, has completely different needs. You betcha. So, so there's all kind. I mean, I've got probably 30 pages of all kinds of different scenarios here about widowed versus survivor. Versus, I mean, it just goes on and on and on in earnings. Pension offsets. Everything. So it's... Did you work for the federal government? Did you work for the state government? Did you work as a teacher? I mean, um, so there's, there's so much to get into. And again, it's really a case-by-case -case, uh, scenario, but we can help. So Jim Carrey once said, Pete, behind every great man is a woman rolling her eyes. Very nice. Here's some, um, just as an ex example of what I was talking about, about how complicated the rules are, here's some rules for survivor benefits. And this is going to bore the heck out of you, but it just will tell you why it gets so complicated and why you need to come and sit with us. Couple must have been married at least nine months at date of death, except in the case of an accident. Survivor must be at least 60 for reduced benefit, 50 if disabled, or full retirement age for full benefit. I mean, it just goes on and on, so... It's complicated. Well, I don't have a sheet here to show you, but I do remember this from uh, memory. The Social Security regulations are 20,000 pages long. So you think? I have not read them all, by the way. <laughs> I don't plan to read them all. <laughs> I read one page every night. Okay, I'm good. on page 400. Well, I wish you a long life. <laughs> <laughs> um, survivor benefits are very important. Most people are familiar with this, and most people have heard this, that... 
if you have a married couple, let's say, and one person dies, uh, the surviving spouse, first of all, you're only going to get one Social Security check. You're not going to continue to get both of them, but you will get the larger of the two checks that the um, couple have been receiving. But uh, the age at which the deceased spouse originally claimed the benefit is going to be really important. If the spouse who died, let's again pick on the husband because men die before women do typically. I thought you were going to just generalize that and not even say typically, but no, it's, it is men the case. Usually die before women. Do you know why? Because they, they want to. I'm not going to even get, I knew you were going to go somewhere with that, and I was like, <laughs> stop, don't say a word. <laughs> no, but no, just statistically, um, women are stronger than men, so women tend to live longer than men do, I think. But what happens if the husband who dies first and had the larger benefit, what happened if he claimed his Social Security benefit before that full retirement age that we mentioned? Let's just use the number 67. Then the surviving spouse, the, the widow, is going to be limited to the higher of his benefit or 82.5% of his primary insurance amount. So there's another reason to wait until full retirement age before you collect Social Security. If you die before your spouse, the spouse is going to collect a higher benefit. But in any event, most people think this way, and they think correctly, that they're going to get the larger of the two checks, typically. There are some um, strategies that you can uh, do that we can assist you with to minimize your taxes on your benefits. Um, some strategies to consider, but again, it's going to be a case-by-case scenario, is to draw down your IRAs before age 72 to reduce your RMDs. Um, you know, Roth conversion is a big hot topic. Now you can possibly convert IRAs to a Roth. Um, so again, it's all case-by-case scenario as to what's right and what's best for you. Let me clarify one more thing on the survivor benefit, just so everybody is uh, clear on what we're saying. Um, if the spouse dies while both are receiving benefits, the widow or widower who survives can always switch to the higher benefit. So let's say you have husband and wife that are married. Um, the husband collects $2,000 a month. The, the wife collects $1,200 a month. Uh, the husband dies. Uh, the wife notifies Social Security, and her $1,200 benefit, let's say, is going to be replaced by his $2,000 benefit. She'll get the higher amount. But the other significant thing about that, when you think about it, Pete, is it also means that the surviving spouse's income is going to be less than what it was when they were both alive. Right. So you, you again, need to remember that don't consider Social Security as being your primary source of revenue or your only source of revenue in retirement. You need to have other, other ways to support yourself. For most people, Social Security benefits are simply not enough uh, to live on in retirement. You know who Steve Martin is, Pete? I love Steve Martin. I saw him and Martin Short live uh, a few years ago. Oh, I think he's one of the greatest. Well, he once said, a day without sunshine is like, you know, night. <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with Social Security, but Nothing. I love Steve Martin. Well, we talked about spouses, and we talked about having one spouse survive and one spouse die. So here's a, here's a quotation that might have some relevance. You can tell me from Zaza Gabor. She said, I am a marvelous housekeeper. Every time I leave a man, I keep his house. Yeah. <laughs> I know the name. I sort of know who she is, but I, I can't really picture why she was famous. Wasn't she on a TV show? She used to wear very Green tight acres dresses or something. and had a very large bosom. That was her main claim to fame. That's a good thing to be known for, I guess. <laughs> well, it's true. Anybody who's of Social Security retirement age knows the name Zaza Gabor. I never thought much of her, but what can I say? Bottom line is that you really need to coordinate your Social Security with your overall retirement income plan, and that's something that we do and we do well and we can help. Um, I don't think I gave the phone number for USA Wealth Group earlier, but we can be reached at 508-998-8858, and we never charge a fee to sit with us. And by the way, um, at some point, we may have a legislation change in the state of Massachusetts so that 
state employees who work and maybe they've even paid into the social security system um, may have a government pension offset and I remember when my father retired he spent 20 years in the Marine Corps he had a Marine Corps pension then he worked for a company an insurance company he got a pension from the social from uh, from the company itself and he had also paid into social security he was able to collect social security so he had three sources of income coming in and those um, offsets, again, whether you work for the government or have any other type of pension, that didn't happen until, like, what was it, 1982? I don't know, but there's only 15 states in the country right now that have that kind of um, impact. So, And most of the people that we you know, sit down with are aware that they're going to have some sort of an offset on their Social Security benefits because they have a pension as well. But some people are really shocked and surprised and are really upset by it. Well, let's talk about some of the more recent things that have come up, too. Uh, there is a cost of living uh, that has been approved for 2021. It's 1.3%. It's not a huge amount of money. We've said that earnings subject to the Social Security tax are going to increase to 142800 But that means if somebody makes $300,000 a year, a little less than half of their money is paying, half of their earnings are being uh, are paying uh, social security tax. I don't think that's necessarily a, a good thing. I no. That needs, we need to have pump more money into the social security system. That's one way to do it. Well, we will. We'll, we're going to be paying more taxes. Um, so we've talked about the older age. Uh, we're not going to go into that again. So there's always changes. Uh, there's an annual report that's put out every, uh, October, I think from, uh, social security and it's the trust fund, and they report on how much money they have and when they expect to run out of money, and they forecast that. Congress keeps ducking this issue. At some point, they're going to have to face the issue. And, and again, we talked about 20,000 pages of um, Social Security regulations. The trust fund report, I was going to print it out and, and review it. It's 297 pages long, I think it was, and I said, no, I'm not going to print this out. No, and it's not anything you'd really want to read. It basically is a forecast of when they expect to run out of money. And then they also come up with recommendations of what they could do and should do in order to increase the Social Security Trust Fund itself. But we can answer questions for you here. Um, uh, Peter tends to focus on this a little bit more than I do. We can talk about when should you apply for Social Security don't go and do this blindly. Don't don't go down to the Social Security office or do it online and say, I'm going to make my own decision about this. And I hate to sound like a broken record, but it can get complicated. We can help. And if you miss the top of the show, we do have special software where I can run all kinds of different calculations, different scenarios. And I do sit down with clients and go over everything with them help them to make a good decision if it's the right time for them or the you know the only option for them to start collecting. Uh, I can get them signed up right next to me side by side on my computer uh, and make things you know very easy for you. I'll have to create a, a username and a password for you um, and only you will have that information and then we start collecting the, the benefits. We apply for it right there online. And if you're age 65, then I get you signed up for Medicare as well. Uh, yeah, if it's appropriate to do that at that time. Um, if you've already applied for Social Security and you've started to receive it, remember if you go back within one year, you can undo that decision if you think it makes more sense to stop taking it right now. Um, you should also know that the cost of living adjustment, which is calculated every year, is not something that Congress decides to do based upon how good they feel that particular year. No. <laughs> it's a Department of Labor formula um, that's built in and depends upon what's happening uh, in the economy, basically. No, I don't think that Congress really ever feels generous other than to give themselves raises. No, but the rules do change every year, and it's important that you keep um, track of them. And most importantly, it's important that you coordinate benefits between Social Security and what your other retirement things are. You know, one thing I, I just realized that we haven't talked about, what if you collect Social Security at age 62 and you continue to work? You could end up giving back or not being able to collect a lot of the money from Social Security. They'll make it up to you eventually. Uh, you'll get the money back when you stop working. 
if you wait until full retirement age, which is why that concept is so important, and let's say it's age 67, then you can continue to work if you want, and they're not going to take money back out of your Social Security check. And I mentioned that very briefly about 20, 30 minutes ago, but right. yeah, your, your benefit uh, will be reduced uh, depending on if you earn over a certain amount. If you applied for Social Security benefits and started collecting before your full retirement age. So that's just another important um, point. Yeah, and here's why it's doubly important. So if you start at age 62, you start collecting, you continue to work, then you find out, oh, gee, I'm not going to get my Social Security checks after all because I'm making too much money and they're going to collect, they're going to keep that money from me. Now you shot yourself in the foot because you started collecting too early and you're going to be at that lower level for the rest of your life. And again, we see it, you know, fairly regularly. Somebody retires and they think that they're just going to live out the rest of their life and lives and and just have hobbies or whatever, but a lot of people get bored and they want to, you know, get back to that social interaction of working part-time with um, you know, a job that, you know, may interest them and at least they can be more selective and and choosy. Do you like to cook, Peter? Depends. I love cooking breakfast. I'm Good at cooking eggs of all kinds of different ways and pancakes. And Did you ever cook with wine? No. Who was that? Oh, God. What was her name? Julia Child, right? She used to always put wine in things. But w- in w- her w- mouth, w- too, w. right? W.C. Fields. You know who W.C. Fields is? Didn't she used to drink the wine as she was cooking? No, I, I think that's a comedy sh- sketch. Okay, I don't Saturday know. <laughs> I think it's a Saturday Night Live <laughs> sketch. No, but do you know who W.C. Fields is? I know the name. He was around 1920, 1930. I the think writer? he did silent movies. No, he was in movies, and he used to wear a straw hat, hmm. and I, I think he had a cane as well. That's Charlie Chaplin. You're right. <laughs> I think W.C. Fields might have as well. No, but you could be right. We won't bother looking that up. He once said, I cook with wine. Sometimes I even add it to the food. I like to grill and cook breakfast. That's about it. When it comes to taking care of organizing food, my favorite thing to make is reservations. Yeah. Who's, who said that? Is that your own quote or is that? No, that's from somebody else. I don't know who said that. But um, in any event. Um, you always say we won't look it up, but I always have to look stuff up. Yes, W.C. Fields had a cane in many pictures I'm looking at. Yep. Not all, but many. So as we conclude our show today, please get professional advice. Martin Luther King Jr. once said, History will have to record that the greatest tragedy of this period of social transition was not the strident clamor of the bad people, but the appalling silence of the good people. So I like to tell folks on the radio sometimes that, you know, do something helpful for somebody else. Um, it's so important. And what are you doing for somebody else? So I'm going to leave one sort of motivational quotation for you, Pete, as we sign off today. We both served in the Marine Corps. Muhammad Ali once said, I hated every minute of training, but I said, don't quit. Suffer now and live the rest of your life as a champion. Very nice. Thank you for listening. Thank you for participating, Pete. Ladies and gentlemen, do something proper for Social Security. And stay tuned for next week.